Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, hey. Welcome to uh, episode 96 of the Big Planet Comics Podcast. That's a lot of episodes. That's a number that makes us think that we should do something for the future. I know. We need soon. to start thinking about that for sure. Uh, yeah, so this is episode 96. My name is Kevin. I'm Nick. I'm Jared. And uh, yeah, not a lot of books out this week. Not after last week's week Onslaught. of awesomeness, but yeah. uh, but still some so, uh, a few things. But we got a lot of news Next week stuff. is good. Yeah, next week's going to have a bunch of new stuff. So what have you guys been up to this week of the last week of the government shutdown? <laughs> <laughs> is it? I don't know. Well, uh, I hope so. Not much. I went to play some mini golf. Oh, it was pretty fun. Which one did you go to? Uh, Woody's. Oh yeah, that's the uh, the Lost Jungle lost mini jungle. golf. It was pretty. That the Lost up. Jungle. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got like kept getting scared by things. It's got like pygmies with blowguns jumping out from behind trees while you're trying to do a short nine. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. There's a part where you're. It's pl- awesome. There's a, part, <laughs> there's a part where you're playing inside of like this like um like kind of a hut and it's got all this equipment and stuff and it's like there's a broadcast coming through. And it's like oh be careful there's a uh, man eating ape on the loose. And then, like, uh, you, like, we were playing, and, like, my girlfriend's, like, near the hole, and she's, like, about to play, and then it's, like, there's these, like, bushes near the near the thing, and they open, and this gorilla pops out, and it's, like, Rawr! and she's, like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. It's pretty great. That sounds yeah. pretty good. There's definitely, like, yeah, a point where, like, a pygmy shoots, like, a blowgun dart that hits the tree right next to you. Oh, yeah, like, and there's, there's a, very distracting. there's, like, these lizards that shoot water at you unsuspectingly. Yeah, pretty good. Also, crocodiles. Are they all like animatronic things? Yeah. yeah. Oh man, no, not like real. No. It's not like some sign of the four stuff going. No, on. no, no. Is that sign of the four? Is that study in Scarlet? Who knows? Nah, I bet somebody. Uh, somebody study in Scarlet, isn't it? Because of the Scarlet Paint. Oh yeah, Scarlet Letter. Okay. What are we talking about? <laughs> We're talking about Knowledge. Sherlock Holmes, old school. What about you, Jerry? What have you been doing? Uh, I tried to go to the Renaissance Festival this weekend, and it was raining and muddy, so I did not do that. Do Do they still have the Renaissance Fair when it's raining and muddy? Yeah. They're all in. I presume everyone's like in waiters or something. I did not go. I feel so. like the jousting would be cool if it was muddy and yeah, raining. That would, that would be, be sweet. kind of sweet, actually. People would be jousting like crazy. But yeah. I don't want to wait. Horses would be sliding all over the place. Mud. Horses be sliding. <laughs> <laughs> doing donuts. <laughs> well, that sounds like what you didn't do. Yeah, what did I end up doing? I walked around town. I went over to Eastern Market. I went to the awesome bookstore over there, which is like an old row house that is literally crammed with books. Yeah, they all look like they're going to fall on you. Yeah, it's, there's, there's nowhere to move. It's super crowded in there, and there are, like, four people hanging out in the middle. Uh, it was, like, special day for the sale day or something, so they're doing cheese and wine. So four people had taken cheese and wine and gone upstairs to the crowded room and just were standing there hanging out. Mm-hmm. I wanted to strangle them. They're because that bookstore is, like, four feet wide. Yeah, there's no room. And I'm like, <coughs> you guys need to get out of here before I kill you. You dang kids. Speaking of kids, today also I... Uh, we had a field trip come through the store. Oh, yes. There's like uh, 15 kids and two teachers. From what age? What grade was um, this? I think they were like fourth grade. They nice. appeared to be. Fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was pretty fun because they, they were like looking around the store and then they came up to the register and they were all like, she's all like, all right, everybody look at I'm Mr. Nick. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> and then they, they're like, all right, who's got a question? And then all these kids threw their hands up. So I answer, ended up answering like 20 or 30 questions about comics. It was, that's it was pretty fun. Awesome. And the kids were like, wow, that's cool. Except the, <laughs> uh, one of the kids was like, do you do comics? And I was like, yeah. And they were asking me how I'd make them and how people make them. And then they're like, can we see your comic? I'm like, no. <laughs> I was like, I don't have it with me. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, kid. When you're 30 years old. It was like literally like a, feet, a foot from them. And I was like, no. Like, don't, don't look at it. <laughs> Don't look, look at, at that comic covered with <laughs> pentagrams and blood and weapons. Well, what have I been doing? I've been playing Pokemon. Oh, yeah. A lot of Pokemon. Pokemon. Yep. All righty. Yeah, it's good. The new Pokemon game came out, Pokemon X and Y. I bought Pokemon X 
I got six Pokemon. Let's talk about their names. Is there a Snorlax in there? Uh, yes, I do have a Snorlax. He's not part of my main team, but I nice. did catch him. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my main team is uh, uh, Sebastian, Flounder. Nice. Are, the, are these from the Little Mermaid? Uh, well, I named them from the Little Mermaid. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. And, then, and then I got the Rock. Nice. Wait, wait. So it was like a rock type. Nice. <laughs> wait, so isn't like Snorlax a type of Pokemon? Snorlax yeah. is a type of Pokemon. But yes. if you have him, you'll name him something else. Yeah. So, like, so like my Chespin is named Flounder. Ah. My Charizard is named Sebastian. Nice. Uh, my Golette is who's like a Golem is named the Rock. Nice. <laughs> and then I have this like Slurpuff named Sweetums. Nice. And uh, like this Sphinx thing named Mister T or King T. King T. Nice. Yeah. So, and a duck named Quackintosh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so how many of your Pokemon are like endangered species? Are you like going to be in trouble for catching these? Or is it just as long as you treat them well and don't So the let world them of die? Pokemon is very strange. <laughs> you can poke Basically, you're like a young child and your mom is like, hey, this professor wants to give you a Pokemon. Go travel the world by yourself. Like and you, then catch these Pokemon and make them fight each other. That's very 19th century. Yeah. That's what happened to kids back then. And then you do, and you love it. And then you learn to do dog fights like Kenny Powers <laughs> and uh, Michael Vick. Yeah. Whoa. He loves Pokemon. <laughs> can you play as Michael Vick? <laughs> you can't. Well, you could, you could probably name one of your Pokemon Michael Vick. Oh, God. Yeah. Terrible. Flip the script, you know? <laughs> right. uh, and that's about all I've been doing. <laughs> that's all? Well, I've played 17 hours of Pokemon since Saturday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all. That's all, you guys. Sounds oh, I, and I went and saw Gravity. Have you guys seen that yet? Yeah, yeah I haven't good. seen Gravity. Really good. You haven't seen it? Oh, mm, I need to see it. I love uh, Alphonse Cuaron. Yeah, or so Alfonso? Good. Alfonso. Yeah, his movies are great, but I yep. have not seen that one yet. Then I got in a very long argument about whether it was science fiction or not. I heard that it's not. Yeah. That it just is in space. Depends on how people define science fiction, I suppose. Some people, uh, there's a little bit of science fiction in it. I thought so. Yeah. Some people are weird well, about science fiction. Well, yeah, <laughs> I know. I got a huge I mean, argument about it. The beginning of it is like they're in danger because the Russians shot their satellites out of air with missiles because yeah. Yeah, that part's sci-fi. I mean, well, actually, China did that. <clears throat> They, just to prove a point, shot down a satellite that was in real life? malfunctioning in real life oh. with a missile, which caused a huge amount of debris to go up. So I guess it's like, kind you of based, guys are idiots. Based on real stuff? Yep, kind but, of. But yeah, but there's like a thing where like there's some stuff going on down on Earth, so right. they, they want to destroy their satellites out. Like like with most things, like, like say, uh, art, I'm very loose with the definition. Like, I think a chair is art, even if it's like a chair that you buy at it's Costco. <laughs> art. And like science fiction, I'm the same way. It's like, does it take place like two days from now? Then it's right. science fiction. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't you know, know, it's science fiction because it's, it's fiction. I got in an argument with somebody who said that Star Wars wasn't science fiction. I was watching that argument. It was spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> I've almost brought that up in this argument. I'm like, that's the rabbit hole. I don't want to fall in. It's got in, spaceships. Spaceships that and robots. That was kind of my thing. Spaceships. I mean, it's like a science fiction fantasy, but yeah. I mean, you know, because it's got some magic in it, but. It's and then sci-fi. you go to episode one and it becomes much more sciencey when they start explaining with the midi <laughs> Right. So you find out none of it was, was magic. Yeah. That's why I like episode one. Hard sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to watch sci-fi. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we got a bunch of news because there were a bunch of announcements at New York Comic Con. You guys want to get into it? Yes. Let's do it. This just in, New York Comic Con draws record crowds in San Diego. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was, there was a lot of people there. <laughs> no, I was talking to someone about that. It's like they've got DC and Marvel are based in New York, plus yeah. so many artists live there, and like 
uh, San Diego is really like pulls from like the LA entertainment side of things. Of, like, yeah, San Diego seems more like stuff. movie and TV Hollywood shows stuff. stuff yeah. yeah, so I thought um, that was pretty interesting. But this one was a lot of comic stuff. Hooray! Um, I've got a few things. Yeah, let's go through all these announcements. Let's I'm, break them down. I mostly got got DC and Marvel announcements. There are a lot of there are a lot of other announcements that I didn't write down, but there was just too many. I just and, I just and Nick also ones. triple spaced this, so our list of news is like three pages long. That's okay. I copied and pasted. Um, um, yeah, well, you know, superhero comics are the only comics that matter. <laughs> right. So That's true. DC Comics announced a new weekly Batman series called Batman Eternity. It's not a it's not a perfume. Oh, <laughs> it's actually a comic. Um, yeah. Did, did they say who's writing or drawing this, or just that? Uh, it's so happening? Scott Snyder is kind of like overseeing it, like plotting. Call him showrunner, producer. Oh, okay. oh really? Yeah. Speaking um, of Hollywood, and so and and there's a <laughs> bunch right. of you know Batman writers writing stories. Um, and he's like, he wants people that sounds to like tell, a good way to do it, though. He wants yeah. to people to tell different stories that take place in Gotham, but kind of building on onto a bigger story. Um, and they're apparently going to reintroduce Stephanie Brown in this, which I bet a lot of people are really excited about. Yeah, not me. I'm, I mean, I don't. I I'm kind of indifferent. I've read some of those those Batgirl comics, and they were good. Yeah. But the sort of the fan love of Stephanie Brown is like insane. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Um, oh, I, I got some news, and I'm sure this is because oh. of all that that they're bringing her back. I don't think they were ever planned. To I guess so. Back. They don't seem like uh, well, when did she get Olive Branch? She never got killed. She just well, she did get killed at one point, but she she was brought back after oh, okay. that. Okay, well, she was Batgirl. Yeah, so it's just like she, she hasn't been in the new Fifty Two. Yeah, universe. she got killed in war crimes or whatever. <laughs> yeah, oh, which boy. was that. Which was uh, <clears throat> I remember that that was the thing. There was that really good uh, David Lapham. Uh, detective comic story, City of Crime going on. Right. And then right in the middle of that, they just stopped to the story right. and did war games or war crimes or right. whatever and uh, killed her off. Then she came back and she was Batgirl. Yeah. And, uh, she was Robin. Oh, yep. And then she disappeared when the new 52 came around. Oh, yeah. that's easy. And yeah. the, and so it was like, I never heard people talking about how much they love Stephanie Brown until she was gone. Right. Sure. Yeah. Because they would just buy it and go home. And, and now she's happy. back. And who knew? I guess she'll be spoiler. <laughs> so meanwhile, Marvel Probably. announced a million <laughs> new books. They did. Dude, that was all, that was the only new DC book. It was like a couple of like new creative teams. Well, they weren't like the creative team of Flash is taking over um, <coughs> Detective. Finally. So, oh, that's dumb. Fans uh, have been clamoring. Well, they weren't really there in much capacity. Like they didn't even have a booth there. Oh, no, really? DC, yeah, Marvel did, but DC did Strange. not. I or at least back, that's what somebody told me. I take back my point about them being in the same city and easy I feel like to they set up. Should have, should have had a booth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Marvel, <laughs> new Marvel books. Uh, let's start with uh, all new Ghost Rider number one. Let's start with this because this is I'm super excited about. By this Felipe book. Yeah. Smith, who I don't know a lot about. Uh, Felipe Smith wrote and drew Pipochu. Oh, did oh, he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's that Felipe Smith. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I recognize his name from somewhere. Yeah, that's Which is like awesome. the wow. most insane. Felipe Smith is cool. He's, uh, I think he's born in America and then he uh, lived in the Philippines for a while, but he, um, there's basically like this, uh, this grant they give to manga writers in Japan oh, really? uh, to produce work. And he's like the only guy ever born in America to, wow. to get to get that grant Crazy. and then he made people chew over there which is great so he's writing this and people choose an insane book yeah, yeah. It's and really it's fun the art is by trad moore of luther strode fame yeah well, and trad moore incredible. is awesome nice guy but best artist uber talented and like for ghost rider he's like it's so perfect yeah, it's a, so oh man did you guys hear about what this ghost writer is it's a new ghost rider Okay. Is and it he, an all new Ghost Rider? Yeah, he's a, he's an all new Ghost Rider, and he's into muscle cars. So it's going to be Ghost Rider <laughs> and muscle cars. Oh, so not uh, on a motorcycle? No. Wow. W- which is kind of weird because at the cool. same time they announced that Ghost Rider is going to be in Thunderbolts now, but it's Johnny Blaze on a motorcycle. So yeah. Okay. Well, that's less interesting. Yeah. I'm like, 
I guess I guess there have been two Ghost Riders. Been, yeah, there have been a lot. hundreds of Ghost Yeah, Riders. even been... even back a long time ago when Johnny Blaze first came around, there was like him and like the cowboy Ghost Rider. Yeah, yeah the original one or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, next new series was all new X Factor number one, written by of course Peter David, who just finished writing X Factor, um, and drawn by Carmine Di Giominico. Which is interesting. I thought mm. like the whole thing was like X Factor finished up and it was yeah. good and everybody that liked it cool. and it was over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then uh, yeah, this is a new one. It's, <laughs> I, I forget what it's about. It's about like a corporation hmm. called X Factor, and it includes like Polaris and Quicksilver. And well, hopefully, what happens with this is they do the same thing as last time, and Peter David just stays on it the whole time. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, I mean, you know, it needed some refresher. Um, and then after that, we got. Avengers Undercover, number one, by Dennis Hopeless and Kev Walker. It's basically, it's not, they, they said it's not a sequel to Avengers Arena, but it's basically the surviving kids from Avengers Arena going undercover as Masters of Evil to, like, take them down. Huh. And if you do, I don't know if you guys remember this, but in Secret Avengers, Masters of Evil now control, like, a country. So there's, like, an entire, like, I did not even know country that. of supervillains. And so they're in that country. That's cool. And Dennis Hopeless is writing this, yeah. and he's written good stuff. Yeah. He's writing Avengers Arena, so it should be good. Yeah. And uh, Kev Walker is an awesome artist. His stuff on Thunderbolts was great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and next up, we got Avengers World, number and one. This is about the Avengers opening a theme park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was <laughs> a Avengers, Avengers World Tycoon. It's uh, by Jonathan Hickman and Nick Spencer with Stefano Caselli on art, which is, who's awesome. Um, but it's mostly a Nick Spencer book, from what I hear, and it's about the Avengers kind of being global kind of all over the world so sounds cool like batman incorporated a new adventure yeah a new avengers book uh next up we got black widow number one by nathan edmondson and phil noto which sounds pretty awesome yeah nathan edmondson's comics like uh superhero stuff hasn't been my favorite but uh i feel like maybe this will be a little more in his wheelhouse with like the spy stuff and, yeah. yep. and i saw some of the action thriller the phil noto art already came out from this and it looks really really cool, really so, cool. yeah uh, next up, we got Captain Marvel number one by Kelly Sue DeConnick and David Lopez. It's kind of just relaunching Captain Marvel because it wasn't relaunched during Marvel now. It was like a little before it. And a lot of people are wondering because there had been a gap of when this was supposed to come out. And she's all like, just hold on. Right. So, but it's like go. a newer thing. It's, I forget what it's about, but it's got a different thing where she's like traveling through space or something. Like that. And it's good that it's t- still Kelly Sue DeConnick. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause she and David Lopez is a great artist. He's a really good artist. She's revitalized that character a lot. Uh, and then we got Electra number one. By Zeb Wells and Mike Del Mundo. Cool. The, the Mike Del Mundo part really excites me. That's the guy that's been doing the covers for X Men Legacy, right? Yeah, and yeah. he did the interior oh, wow. for the, this week's last two issues of Superior Spider Man Team Up. Oh, yeah. Oh, those have been really amazing. Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and next up, we got Iron Patriot number one by Alice Cott and Gary Brown. And Alice Cott's writing Zero right now and wrote Change. Both right. good things. And Suicide Squad. Speaking of Trad Moore, who drew the new issue of Zero, which yep. we won't be reviewing, but definitely check it's it out. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's our review. <laughs> we got Loki, Agent of Asgard, number one, by Al Ewing and Lee Garbett. Yeah, Al Ewing's writing a bunch of stuff now, I feel like. He's yeah, doing Mighty he, Avengers. He just took over on Avengers Assemble as well. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. He's come He's come up a long it's, way it, since the days of uh, Jennifer Blood Ninjets miniseries. It's true. <laughs> Loki, Agent of Asgard <laughs> sounds pretty crazy. It's like uh, Loki's now like a teen. He's like aged. I don't know. It keeps changing. Is he not a teen in Young Avengers? I guess he's like 12 he's or something. Like, yeah, he's really young. And he's, Precocious. He's, he's more like 18 in this one. He's like an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. That sounds pretty cool. Weird. Uh, oh, no, I mean agent of Asgard. So he's kind of doing like spy missions for Asgard. Huh. Um, this one is one I'm, I'm excited about. It's New Warriors, number one, by Chris Yost and Marcus Toe. 
Um, it's a weird team. It's got like some of the old stuff. Like it's got Nova, uh, like the new Nova it has um, Speedball and. Oh god, what's that? Speedballs? <laughs> Speedball? <laughs> Swedish meatballs. It's got Speedballs and. Uh, <laughs> God, what is his name? Justice? Is that his name? Anyway. But it's also got a, a weird edition, which has got Scarlet Spider on it. So it's like, that's kind of weird. Especially since Scarlet Spider's whole thing is like he doesn't care about anything. Yeah, he's like yeah. a loner, yeah. Um, and next up, there's a lot of books. There's a lot of books. Let's, let's, let's move on through these. Punisher number one by Nathan Edison and Mitch Gerards. Those are both the guys that work on activities. So yes, the activity yeah. team. Uh, Secret Avengers number one, also by Alice Cott. And drawn by Michael Walsh. And he's doing, Al Scott's doing good, like, undercovery stuff with Zero, so that yeah. should be cool. Yeah, it should be fun. And then we got, oh, yeah, and then Michael Walsh is the guy who drew the first issue of Zero. Oh, so awesome. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Silver Surfer number one. This is probably the best thing on here by Dan Slott and Mike Allred. <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely. Well, I, the Felipe Smith Tradmore Ghostwriter oh, is like so good, but yeah, this is tough. like Mike Allred drawing Silver Surfer is like uh, my head is going to explode, and, and it's basically going to be like Doctor Who. He has a companion, like a female companion yeah, from Earth. This sounds so good. <laughs> he travels around like the cosmos on adventures. It sounds great. Oh boy! Um, and then they had a few other ones that they already announced, which is all new. Yeah, Raiders, we talked about She Hulk and stuff. And She Hulk, mm-hmm. yeah. And oh, another one that snuck in there that I think is the happening is all it's new. Rumored all new Spider Man twenty ninety nine number one. Which Jared will like that. He loves Spider Man twenty ninety nine. It's so good. <laughs> uh, but the biggest announcement Marvel had that during the show was that they're going to reprint Miracle Man. Um, they're going to do each issue like one at a time, reprint them like remastered versions of each issue, and then finish with the issue that never came out, which was the last issue. Which will be Neil Gaiman and Mark Buckingham, who were the guys yep. that were doing it at the end. Yeah, anyway. some people right. may not even know this. It's like one of the most sordid sagas of copyright and who owns stuff right. in comic book history. But it was an 18-issue series by Alan Moore, who then passed the reins to Neil Gaiman, or maybe 20 issues, whatever it was. And then it got caught up in uh, who owned the rights in it. And like Neil Gaiman had the rights, but then Todd yep. McFarlane at one point had he, the rights, or Traded someone to. for part of the rides. Yeah, it's like there were like eight different people all thinking they own parts of this. Or, but so it, it was got a big mess. like three or four years ago. Marvel sort of had the rights <laughs> since then. I think they've yeah. just kind of been waiting for the right time, probably waiting for Neil Gaiman to yeah. be, you know, available. Yeah. So, so uh, we'll see. So they're also reprinting the Alan Moore stuff, I assume. Yeah, right? yeah that's going to so, start yeah. at the beginning. And it's definitely like. Especially, this came out in the 80s, and it's kind of a lost classic because it's been so hard to find. But it definitely broke a lot of ground for uh, what superhero comics could do. I'm worried it's going to seem a little dated now because it was so influential at the time. And now people are like, oh, yeah, everybody does this. But yeah. it's still really good. Yeah, I feel like a lot of a lot of that stuff is actually like that. And people yeah. uh, people don't like to hear that, though. But like, you yeah. know, it's like even Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. It's still great, but, you know, the... It, it's not like what it was at the time, you know. Yeah. It's, right. not, it's not as groundbreaking. As but if you haven't read it, definitely pick it up. It's very good. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm excited that it's coming out. I'll be curious to see. Hopefully, they don't remaster it too much. Oh, that's true. Yeah. We'll see. Like, <laughs> you know, hopefully they don't get like Dean White to color it or something. <laughs> I mean, he's a great colorist, but I, you know, yeah. Right. yeah. Cool. Well, that's it. Uh, we don't have any questions this week, so next week we'll put a call out to Facebook. We'll get some questions, yeah. or we can uh, do a call out right now. Send us some questions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're calling you guys out, but uh, let's let's just review. We just got a few things this week, and let's let's get to them. We love comics. They're swell, except when they're written by Scott Lovedell. I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. Uh, I can't pay attention to the lyrics. They still crack me up. All right. Up first this week, we've got Avengers Endless Warfare. Is that right? Or Wartime. <laughs> Endless Dialogue. Uh, um, this is, uh, this is a, an original Avengers graphic novel written by Warren Ellis with art by Mike McCone. And uh, 
This is kind of the start of, I believe, a line of these. They've been doing the season one books, focusing on different characters. And I'm pretty sure with the success of, like, Superman Earth 1 and Batman Earth 1, they're going to try to do more of these. Well, I don't know if this book was a success, though, like, yep. sales-wise and stuff. Uh, how more, much? Because this is... It's, it's 30 bucks, I think, right? 25 Okay, so it's, it's 25, 25 bucks, which is kind of a typical price for a hardcover. It's very nicely done. It's uh, designed... Who's the designer on that? Someone awesome. I don't um, know. It looks like Jonathan some. Hickman designed it. Nope. Nope. Who is it? I got nothing. Ryan Hughes. There you go. Oh, yeah. Ryan Hughes is so, great. Awesome. <laughs> and it looks very cool design on it. Um, it's got an introduction by Agent Colson. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but but the, the content of the oh, book the itself. Oh, the content. So uh, this is basically about the Avengers. They... Um, it's a really weird story, I feel like. So basically, they see that um, this I, I, this drone has been shot down in this fictional country, uh, Slovenia, I think it is. Afghanistan. Uh, yeah, basically Afghanistan. Uh, and Captain America recognizes it as... Um, Nazi tech. Yeah, as like Nazi tech. And Thor recognizes it as like sort of having the same uh, form as these like demons that escaped from the world, the dead wood of the world tree. Yep. <laughs> no, it's the uh, it's the dead wood of the what's world his name? tree. Is Agward Grill? Yeah, Gadrizil. That's the name of the world tree. Oh yeah, that's the name of the world tree. No, because the there's the world tree and there's also a serpent that feasts on the world tree. Yeah. So that might be the serpent. The no, serpent. No, the serpent has a different. Yeah, whatever. I was falling asleep during that part. But uh, <laughs> so basically, they they like decide that they want to check it out and um and. And, and then Nidhog. Yeah, okay. Nidhog, Nilbog. And that's uh, actually from like Asgardian lore. Yeah, it's from Indeed. Bullfinches. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so they go and then it's from um, to mystery. they fight a bunch of these things. Yep. And uh, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. so basically, <laughs> this book has some cool flashbacks where you realize that uh, this is a combining of Thor monsters and like Nazi stuff that has been formed together. So it's getting some cool but flashbacks of like. Them back in the day, like, old, you know, younger Thor and Cap in World War Two, and, like, kind of setting up the backstory. And this has a lot of snappy dialogue. It's very much like the film. I think they got the tone of the voice very well. Like, interaction's very good. Except Stark seems a little, like, meaner than funny. I or... thought the, I thought all the dialogue was a little <clears throat> off. And, and it's funny you say it had the tone of the film because yeah. I feel like it was, like, a lot of the little jabs and stuff and, and jokes were, like, things that were exactly from the Avengers movie. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they definitely sort of restate a lot of things. I don't know. It was, it was a very, it was a very weird book. So the first, I don't know. I don't know how long this thing is probably about 140 pages or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But like the first 70 pages are like them getting ready to go do this and sort of talking about their motivations and stuff. Yeah. And it just, it felt really weird. It felt like a, like a really long first act. <laughs> and then I felt like it went straight from like a first act to a third act where it's just like, we're going to go do this thing. Right. And then they yeah. go do it, but there's not there's not like a like any sort of secondary story or anything going on in the book. I don't, I don't some feel flashbacks. Like. Yeah, but that's all just related. To, like yeah. that, those yeah. flashbacks are just there so that they all have a reason to want to go do this. The right. flashback part is the only part I really liked. I like the the Captain America flashback was pretty cool. He's fighting like Nazis with like kind of super yeah, futuristic like tech and then flying saucers and stores fighting this you know world tree devouring dragon. Um, but even that, it's like, so that's his motivation is that he's dealt with this before, but there's no real connection between him and like, he just like fought one of these things and blew it up one well, time. He, he, no, he no, but he knows it came into earth because of him. Yeah. It yeah, came yeah, to earth because yeah. it yeah. followed him and, and it, it, he, he kind of left it there. And there's also the twist that these things are like obviously being used by modern people. So they have to figure out 
you know, that's kind of the, I'd say that's the maybe very short second act of, like, they both where have, do these come from and why are they still around? Captain uh, America Thor both have guilt because they yeah. they kind of caused these things but kind of didn't go back to check. They just kind of left um, and let it fester and it grew to this kind of Nazi tech combined with dragon magic stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought there was a few cool ideas in this. I liked that there's kind of a twist where S.H.I.E.L.D. is... Um, Shield is is kind of buying these things um, because they want a failsafe for if superheroes are out of control. They could just have these techno dragons kill them all, um, which I thought was a pretty cool. Yeah, great, I thought that was one of the more interesting parts, but they didn't do much with it. Like I thought, I mean, that would be kind of world altering for the Marvel universe, but it makes sense that Shield is just a bunch of schmoes and uniforms, and like, what would they do if things go bad? But they didn't really push that as much as. But they I would say, I really, I I, I, like, I like the art. Um, yeah, especially, yeah. especially during cool action <laughs> sequences. I think the the problem is a lot of the art is just like talking heads. But whenever there's actually an action sequence, I think it's well, really well choreographed. And I like the way he draws the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I thought the the there's a lot of talking head stuff in this though. Yeah, yeah. like a whole lot. Yeah, yeah it just the the whole thing fell a little flat to me. I, I was. Uh, it didn't feel like Warren Ellis wrote it. Yeah. Like, a, I mean, maybe in the I ideas. I think the big ideas of it are very Warren Ellis-y, but, like, not the... But it seemed like he was trying to adapt himself to, like, a sort of like style that style he considers very, yeah. like, Marvel-y or Joss whedon or something like yeah. that. And I don't feel like it's what he does. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just... It... Especially after, like, all their season one books, which had, you know, some ones that are only okay, but had some real amazing books. Yeah. This was, a, I just think, a little disappointing. I think the next one looks awesome. Did What's the next one? See the next one? It's Mark Wade and James Robinson, uh, Spider-Man thing with Gabriel Delato on art. That sounds cool. And it's yeah. about Spider-Man's sister. But that still sounds like... Wah? That doesn't sound like super exciting though. I don't yeah. know. It sounds exciting enough. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like when, when I think... enough. When I think Marvel about, like, houses. um... Uh, Doctor Strange season one or oh, like yeah. uh, Hulk, Hulk season one. one. Oh, oh, boy, so those good. books were great. Or the yeah. Fantastic Four. No, wait, the X Men one. No, not the Fantastic Four. The X Men one. X Men one. Yeah, yeah. Great. yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, and then I think about the Daredevil one, and then I get sad. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, up next, we've got Imagine Agents number one. This is written by Brian Joins. Join us? Yeah, I was like, is that a misprint? <laughs> is it Jones or is it Joins? Um, I'm going to say it's, it's Joins. Joinus. Uh, there you go. And drawn by Bakon. Yep, that's all the name you got. That's one, all the name one you name got. Artist. And this is about uh, a world where imaginary friends actually exist. Yeah. I actually <laughs> yep. was kind of not looking forward to reading this and then when I started reading it. And then eventually at some point it kind of won me over. I was like, oh, this is kind of like Men in Black with like imaginary characters. But I, I, I thought I had a little more heart to it. I, I liked, like I don't, like... It's weird. I like the way he, the guy, the ma- the artist draws all the the main characters, like the humans and stuff, and some of the monsters. But some of them would like are just a little too simple, too like, cutesy. Yeah, yeah. The main one's a little too simple. I mean, I get it, and it's and he's, you know, he's supposed to be like the nice, friendly, imaginary friends because most of the but imaginary Nick, friends in this world are evil. What's it about? <laughs> so basically, uh, all the kids in the world have imaginary friends, and once they're a certain age, they can't see them anymore. So they're all real, um, and they just disappear after they turn eight. Um, they just can't see him. Um, and um, some of them are trying to stop that, kind of have a revolution. And Some are good, some are evil. And then there's this FBI team that takes all the ones, once the kids have grown up, and dump them like in a, like imaginary. Yeah, kind of like Toontown. Toon, yeah, Bill. It's very strange. But I really like this uh, pink blobby uh, imaginary friend because he has like a cool story where he was like, 
he was an imaginary friend for this whole family because like they had a bunch of kids and so he kind of stuck around so all the kids have the same imaginary friend um and now he's like kind of like used to that life and he has to like go live in this home and he's like it's funny because once he's done he puts on this like bowler cap and has like a little suitcase and he's got to like go live on like the kind of a reservation for imaginary yeah. friends and he's like but i just i love my family there's also like this uh <clears throat> this like rock guy named moog yeah, yeah who's yeah. uh who's pretty funny because they capture him like inside of like a phone basically yeah and uh yeah, he's but he's awesome. just like hanging out like he's like hey what's going on you guys like yeah. he like, just wants to hang out, out with everybody and i thought that was kind of funny but yeah i think what you said about some of it being a little too simple like some of the designs are yeah. a little like like i don't like the, design for the, main, but... the main imaginary friend yeah, yeah. it's a little he grosses too... me out a little bit yeah it's a little too something but i like i like the cartooniness on the pink blob guy i thought he was great yeah and i think I think maybe there was just a little bit of trouble with um, balancing that sort of silliness with, with the other stuff that was going on for yeah. me. Like the tone, I, I never quite got a feel for it. But uh, it felt a little like a kids thing. Like, like, <laughs> but it definitely it's is a not, kid things, though. and then at the end, it definitely goes very dark. Uh, it doesn't. So. I can't remember what happens. Yes. It oh is. yeah, it does get pretty dark. <laughs> at the end. So it, it's yeah. like a kids thing with very like adult themes and ideas. I think. But I thought but. the main kid and his mom had a really interesting relationship, and they seemed very genuine. Yeah, um, that's why I think that's why I liked it. I, ultimately, in yeah, the end. I think an interesting beginning, and uh, yeah, uh, be curious to see where it goes. I say the art is like Tom Fowler. Yeah, I could see that. I don't think it's as good as Tom Fowler, but no, yeah. but it's close to that. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's Imagine Agents. Imagine Agents, which is a which is not a doesn't roll off the tongue. Nope. nope. <laughs> All right. Uh, up next, we've got Letter 44, number one. This is written by Charles Soule, who is writing currently Superman Everything. Wonder Woman and Thunderbolts and a ton of other stuff. Somebody told me it might be Charles Soule now. So oh, okay. Charles Soule. I should know. I mean, but anyway. And the art in this is this by time. <laughs> uh, Raphael Albuquerque, who's drawn a... No, it's not Alfred. Yeah, okay. I didn't think it was Raphael Isn't Albuquerque. It? It's, it's the a, other it's a Albuquerque. different Albuquerque. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's al- <laughs> Alberto Jimenez Albuquerque. Yeah, okay. One of those Albuquerques. My bad. Yeah. I was like, and his art looks really different in this. I thought he drew this I issue, this week's issue of Animal Man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. He's very uh, fast. So uh, this, this comic is about um, uh, the 44th president coming into office, and it's not Barack Obama. He's not replacing George Bush, but it is the 44th president, and he gets uh, basically the ideas that when this is a real thing, when a new president comes in, the previous president leaves him a letter, basically. Right. Like a private president-to-president letter about, like, advice or tips or whatever. But this one is about how uh, we found alien life s- seven years ago, uh, somewhere close to Jupiter, and we've sent a team to go check it out, and uh, they're almost there. And we're pretty sure they're not friendly. Yeah, that they're building a giant laser that's pointed at the Earth. Yep. So, um, Which is a brilliant heist concept. I yeah. Yeah, one of the brilliant things about that is that... <clears throat> It's basically like the previous president was George Bush, basically. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I've gotten us into all these conflicts and stuff because I'm kind of training people up to be ready for this crazy invasion. Yeah. yeah. So it's explaining the incompetence of a Bush presidency and all the warmongering as like we have to force Americans to be like more prepared and more guys in the military and more budgets. And so like we need to raise up all our money so we can secretly build spaceships in orbit and send off secret missions. And yeah. So I thought there were a lot of interesting things set up in this issue. Like for one, there's um, the idea of this new president sort of dealing with this information and right. um, like, 
meeting other people in the cabinet who maybe feel differently about how it should be handled than he does, right. which I thought I thought that was an interesting like the generals setup, and like the stuff, generals yeah. and stuff. And then also this crew of people that have been out for three, three years, years now, I yeah. think, and uh, and sort of their dynamic and sort of the secrets that they're keeping from everybody. Right. And I thought that was interesting as well. Plus, and then, the, the mission is the the spaceship is split between a science and a military team, so you obviously have some conflict there. And like when they prepare to do certain stuff, like all right, we're passing command to the military, or they pass it back, or whatever. And yeah, that they are. Plus, there's like a time delay between messages, so it's like 30 minutes to talk to Earth. So it's kind of like interesting what they're saying or not saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and then the end is really cool. Yep. Um, and and this is a dollar. Yeah, this first issue <laughs> is a dollar. A dollar, and everyone should buy it. Yeah, I definitely think that er- that this was really interesting. It's not like anything else I've read no. recently or at all. Yeah. Uh, maybe s- at times reminds me a little bit of when Ex Machina was at its best. I would say Saucer Country is the closest, maybe. Yeah, yeah, um, a little, yeah. A little similar a little um, politics stuff in there. But uh, yeah, a very good issue, uh, and uh, for a buck, can't go wrong. Yeah. Amazing. You can yeah. go wrong, but you won't with this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, up next we've got Pachyderm. This is by Frederick Peters. Um, who is maybe my favorite comics creator right now. He's He's, so good. He did Coma, which uh, was a fantastic book, like uh, sort of Pixar by way of uh, Yoan Spar or something. Um, God, that book is so good. And then he did Sandcastle, which was kind of his... um, the Twilight Zoney thing about people or on a movie. beach yeah. that are uh, aging very rapidly, trapped on a yeah. beach. And now uh, he's done Pachyderm, which is a fever dream about a woman uh, in a hospital in it's the fifties. Very Lynchian, yeah. Uh, and this and is uh, interestingly, unlike those other two, he wrote this one as well. The other two, he just he did the art on, and this he writes and draws it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I thought this this was really interesting, Jared. Why don't you tell people what it's about? All right, I reread this last yeah, night. Yeah, since you read it twice, <laughs> read it already. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, it's got a lot of David Lynch stuff going on here. There's like strange creatures. There's flashbacks to the past. There's dream sequences. There's things you're not sure are real. Uh, there's an elephant that fell off the back of a truck. Yep. Uh, just, yeah, that's like in the first three pages. Uh, so basically there's this woman whose, uh, husband has been in an accident and she's trying to get to the hospital to check up on him and her car breaks down. She walks past an elephant that's been in an accident. Like you do goes through some woods where they're creepy little children, monsters goes in the hospital, which is kind of a surreal place where nobody quite knows what's really going on. And people are always acting strange. The main, main other character is this, uh, somewhat shifty doctor who's always seducing all the women, around him um and that's kind of the loosest plot of not yeah, trying to there's, spoil there's too much kind of, yeah there's a lot of flashbacks that kind of hint at what is actually going on and yeah like, and and kind of the big part of this book is is watching all of this sort of unfold it's like right. it's like a sort of classic noir in a way where yeah, it's like just like who are elements people, built upon elements doing? and yeah, yeah and you and you don't you don't want to know too much going into this but uh the the thing that's really great about this book is the sort of tone and the kind of it's weird to say, but like the kind of headspace it puts you in when you're reading it. Right, yeah. Like it's very, um, her whole journey through this is very disorienting. It's like a fever dream. Yeah. And, uh, and just the way he tells the story is also, it's very, it, it's very just disorienting as a reader and it works just really well. It's like a hard thing to do. I feel like, yeah. And, uh, it just, he does it great time. And another book I think that did a good job with that is X'd out. And I think, uh, in yeah. tone, I would compare this to that a lot. The Charles Burns book, but, uh, I will say it's so good. 
that the quote on the back of the book is by Mobius. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there you go. Um, and that does not happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's great. It's, it's really interesting. Uh, and the art's fantastic. The coloring is beautiful. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, it's like, to, to, it's the best thing that came out this week. I, yeah, it's one of the best things this year. Yeah, it's definitely amazing. one of the best things this year. I, um, yeah, it's... <sighs> Just trust us. It's amazing. It's Buy beautiful. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. Up next, we have a book uh, called Rebetico. This mm-hmm. is by David Prudhomme and uh, written and drawn. And uh, Nick's been wanting to do this one for a while. So, Nick, why don't you tell people what it's about? Uh, Rebetico is, uh, is a form of music uh, that originated in Greece in the 20s and 30s. Um, and during that time... Um, Metaxas was like the dictator in charge of the country and he was going around censoring everything and kind of just basically controlling everything. So um, is he nationalist or actually fascist? Like, uh, I think he's nationalist. Yeah. But sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> sketchy either way. Um, so basically he was, he was going around, you know, stopping these musicians who do, do this style of music from, from performing. Um, because basically they're all, um, they're like blues singers. They're, they sing in like dingy, uh, seedy like uh, bars slash hash lounges, yeah. um, and they're all addicted to drugs. Um, well, well, the music's also very influenced by Turkey, so there's a lot of like right. Greek versus Turkish identity problems going on. Right. Um, and this is basically a story of a, just a group of uh, of these mu- musicians playing this music, um, and just how they how their lives are. They're like constantly kind of hiding from the police, um, but you know you see that they have like the this huge enjoyment of the music and they love they, it takes them to a different place there's like even a part where they get a record deal and it's like it's not about that you know i don't want to make money from this i just want to you know make this music because it's you know it's what i do and that's all their lives are is just music and drugs and drinking loving and loving. <laughs> um but it's great it's just so well drawn and it's such a well paced and just the mood of it is always really good it's it's got these weird dark dark colors the whole time it's only like a few um, days worth of story right it's yeah like it all happens yeah. pretty quickly yeah but and and there's um in the back he talks about how um none of these like all of this is fiction but a lot of it's loosely based on real people and the stuff that happened in their life um and yeah i it's it's fascinating i don't know i really liked it yeah, and the art's great. Um, yeah, I don't like heavy watercolors. the The one thing I thought was was really great about the art is the lighting is amazing. Yeah, um, some there are a couple scenes. There's one where like guys are talking under like a a tree that's casting yeah. shade, oh, man. and it's like the the shade through all the leaves and so it's it's so good. It's just so well done, and it creates such a like a great sense of place. I think with the art, it's actually yeah. a very typical Greek thing. Uh, like that, I noticed that the thing that they're standing under is like. Um, people build these things that are kind of like um, almost like fences, but they're just like poles. And on the top, there's a fence, and they grow um, yeah, kind of like grape a trellis leaves. thing. Oh, okay. or, so, yeah, yeah. so it's just like yeah. kind of like a wall of grape leaves over top. Yeah, like, like a roof a, thing. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's pre- it's pretty great. Um, and the way he drew um, the, the traditional dances is great. Like this, like uh, what, there's a part where like there's just an old guy doing a zimbetico, which is or zbekiko, which is like a kind of like a drunken dance with like <laughs> it's like kind of improvised and, oh, really? and it's very theatrical. You like jump in the air, and I did it. When is I was, that the one that people do at weddings and people yeah, like throw money at I, them? Yeah, I did stuff. it. When, I did it when I was drunk at my cousin's wedding. <laughs> there were people were throwing throwing money at me. It was pretty That's good. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's but a yeah. very cool thing. And uh, the funny thing is, we and Jared. 
Uh, well, I downloaded the music and we started playing it in the store when this came out. So it was pretty fun. It's really That's good. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting to see like the comparison to the blues and stuff we were listening to it because there are some that you like you can even hear like the Turkish more like Middle Eastern scale slides through a little bit and you could see how it was like very not Greek and so it was kind of threatening to the the controlling government. But like this, just all the characters are so cool and like or not cool, but like they're so vibrant and like you can just see like horrible mistakes they're they're making and just like how they're. Just trying to live and, you know, like you said, just like a lot of them just want to play music and that's, you know, that's their lives. And yeah. But, yeah, the interactions between them all are really good and, yeah, it was it was very evocative. Yeah, there's like, one of my favorite scenes is they're, they're playing in one of these seedy clubs um, and they're all, like, smoking hash and playing their music. And these old guys just get up and start dancing and then a giant fight breaks out and there's broken plates everywhere but none of those are from the fight but <laughs> there's just like i don't know this guy's like the the main character is all bloody and he's still playing his instrument like laying on the ground it's, yeah it's pretty great it's uh, also just so beautiful like the art in it is just yeah phenomenal. you get like you know they got bits of songs like i felt like this brought music through pretty well which is very hard to do in comics yeah it's so. something we talked about before and yeah. actually what, what was that what was the book about like the cuban musicians that's what that i was we just about? thinking yeah, of. Yeah. Um, oh man and there was a film of it yeah. anyway there's something about that, that something in something maybe <laughs> oh it was yeah it was the names of the two characters it was yeah. oh yeah yeah um, Martini and Rossi. <laughs> like that. But that was good. Yeah, so not a ton of stuff this week, but some really good stuff. Oh, Chico and something? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we also read a book called uh, Tell God to Blow the Wind from the West uh, by Nick Dernasso. There's not a lot to say about it, but it was actually like a really sort of heartbreaking, effective yeah, story. Yeah, was this a real, like... I, I it doesn't say, but I feel like it was. This was a real, uh, yeah. It's this oh, is what boy. it feels like. I don't know if it's it is or not, um, but it's it's basically a call to nine one one emergency uh, during September eleventh. Yeah, and uh, and just set against like p- like pictures of architecture and stuff. It's yeah. so it's so well done though, and it's really good. And uh, God, the the line "Tell God to blow the wind from the west" like yeah. in the book is like it's right. it's heartbreaking. It's it, yeah. but uh, definitely worth checking out. Um, it's just a guy who's like stuck up in one of the towers, like talking to a nine one one operator trying to get help, and it's it's brutal. Yeah, really, yeah. really affecting. But but yeah, but but uh, fantastic and worth reading. I feel like yeah. a lot of times stuff like that can be very like cloying and yeah. um and just like uh, or seem sort of exploitative. But I just thought right. this was really well done. Yeah. Um, do you guys read anything else cool this week? I wanted to talk about um. Not about what it was about, but the Incredible Hulk special that came out this week. Oh, I still haven't read it. I was still haven't read it. Oh, okay. Well, but it's drawn by Jake Wyatt, who's like a guy that hasn't really done much stuff in mainstream comics, but he does a, a comic online called Necropolis, and yeah. the art in that, that issue is great. It's and, great. I've been through it, yeah. And this whole Doc Ock thing has been really, really cool. Yeah, I like the last issue a lot, too. That had really good art. Um, was it the same artist in the, in the all the X-Men? Nope, one? nope. Uh, the one in that was great, too, though, but it was a different <laughs> oh, person. Oh, really? Wow, yeah. crazy. And, uh... Yeah, I, I don't know. That that I just wanted. To I read all the book. Avengers books this week, and they were all like really good. Yeah, <laughs> all the Infinity stuff has been awesome. This week, Superior Spider Man has a great, a bunch of crazy twists at the end. Um, and, and I, I like the uh, thing that came out this week that caught my eye was the Best American Comics of 2013, which Nick and I were doing some uh, investigating on. So apparently, those the each volume of that covers a period from like September, you know, October to October or whatever it is, from like a year before that. So basically, it's yeah, because it has Habibi 2011 to October 2012. Oh, weird. Yeah, because we were trying to figure out what was in this, and it has Habibi and some other ones which that we thought were like literally from two years ago, but squeak in just at the very beginning of that period. A story from Jeremy so, Cerise too, which is cool. great. Yeah, there, sort of a there was a of the ton of great people in there. Ish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, 
a huge amount of like I always find those books fascinating. Yeah, because, it's got a lot of books that we talked about on the podcast. Yep, but, which uh, is cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's always interesting because like they actually talk about in the introduction that like what's the point of doing this? Like especially the cognizanti of the comic scene, like like us who are into the really independent stuff, have read a lot of it. But even with that, there's stuff that, like, they printed 500 copies of this. You just haven't seen it, and it's right. amazing. But that's so. also why we get a couple copies of Best American Comics. Right. But at, like, you know, like a big chain bookstore, it's right. like it's a lot of people can be introduced out. to a lot of stuff they've never seen. Like, it has a Kate Beaton cover, which right. that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, the awesome. Jeremy Jeremy thing is only, like, I, I've never seen it. Yeah, right. exactly. Where was it? And you know him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, where was it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, that's definitely worth checking out. The new Scott Campbell uh, Great Showdowns thing came out. Oh, too, yeah. And, and those books are a lot of fun. And a uh, couple things that we'll probably talk about next time, too. So yeah. uh, keep, yeah. keep your... Also, uh, Dingo, if you guys see oh, that. Oh, man, got re-released. See that, check it out. Keep oh, your we, ears did we talked about that on the podcast, didn't we? Maybe no, like before, 10 years ago. It was, ago. <laughs> it was before we <laughs> was did it? the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Way oh, before, yeah. yeah. Dingo's awesome. It's really good. It is awesome. All, all right, right, cool. Yeah. Well, uh, that's it for this episode, you guys. That's it. That's yeah. all we got. We'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Bye.